With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Two Close and Chokes podcasts. We're on episode 21 now. Um, coming at you over the phone. Everybody's locked down. Um, me, Nick Angeloni. We got Arup Pagosian. Say what's up. Yo, yo. And then uh, the quarantine. 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 Yeah, quarantine saga continues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then our guest today is Johnny Munoz Jr., um, uh, black belt, jiu-jitsu world champion, and king of the cage. Uh, It's not bantamweight, right? What do they call it? Yeah, king of the cage is flyweight, but, I mean, if we're going on... Actual MMA standard, it'd be bantamweight. But, bantamweight, yeah. right? Yeah. Why are they uh, doing that? That's that's so extra. They uh, do all I don't of know. Their, uh, yeah, they do all of their or a lot of their stuff differently. Like they they call they call 145 bantamweight, and then yeah. they yeah, they do all kinds of different things. Um. So what's up, man? How's uh, how's quarantine life treating you, John? <laughs> Uh, it's going good, man. You know, just staying positive in the whole thing. Um, you know, obviously, I wish I could go out and live my life normally, which is, you know, go train at the gym, get beat up by other people or beat up people. But uh, <laughs> looking at the positive side of it and just, you know, doing the best I can. So it's cool. What kind of what kind of stuff are you doing while you're, uh, while you're locked down? Just trying to read a lot, doing a lot of that. I love to read already, so I, I just have more time to do that. What are you and, reading uh, now? So I'm I'm real big into like uh, we're not big like I'm just, I'm real interested like in uh, cartels and narco stuff, all that stuff. Oh, nice. That goes down to Mexico. So I have a book I've been reading, El Narco. It's pretty good. Uh, it's really opened your mind on on a. Uh, those guys, like they have a whole system. Like those dudes are smart ass criminals. You uh, some business ideas? <laughs> I have business ideas. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mexican, man. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, reading that, uh, uh, la raza. yeah, todo para la raza. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and just working out. That's what I've been doing. Just doing like you know, trying to work out every day. Uh, just doing like doing, like, like fitness workouts. Yeah, shadow boxing, footwork, uh, jump rope, things like that that I could do. And uh, yeah. that's what that was my mindset. I was telling a, a buddy of mine that, like, I'm not just going to be lazy during this whole thing. I'm just going to do strength and condition the best I can every day. Yeah. I like calisthenics. I like a full prison workout. I, yeah, basically, I'm just going to get strong as fuck during this whole thing. Yeah, yeah so that's my mentality, too. Uh, uh, we've been doing prison workouts in my house, and I'm lucky I have fighters living with me too. So we've oh, been nice. getting some tech sparring in and uh, drills. So like, actually, actually pretty just, good. I'm not even too mad at you, this. You just been tech sparring in the living room or what? Uh, well, I have like 
the lo- the lobby area. I don't know what you call it. It's pretty big, and uh, like there's it's a couple of dangerous corners. Yeah, yeah, it's a couple of dangerous corners in there where it could be disastrous if somebody hits their head. But <laughs> but we uh <laughs> we try to stay away from that. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do, dude. I I live in an apartment complex, and even my my complex gym is closed, even though it's always empty. Um, so I've just got a little living room, and I'm just my. I, so my brother-in-law out of town soon. Hopefully he'll be back soon, and I'll have someone that uh, that I can like, do drills with and stuff. I got a little. Who? Uh, my brother-in-law. Oh, okay, uh, he too. Um, a little. I mean, he changed with me. I'm. At, he knows how to drill. You know, uh, so like <laughs> I've got him. He's just like a kind of a, a super athletic guy. He picks things up fast, so. A um, body's a body, bro. A body. Yeah, a body. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your stand, I got a little mat. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Honestly, man. Uh, other than the training, like I'm, I'm living my life. Uh, I'm living like, like my ideal life, man. I, I don't want to. I don't like to talk to people. I'm just sitting inside. The government's gonna send me money. <laughs> I'm like playing video games and working out, dude. I know. I've been playing the shit out of the UFC video game. Kicking yeah. ass has been great. Yeah, but oh, yeah, I, I was playing that the other day too. Oh, you play the UFC? Yeah. I gotta get you in for afterwards, so I, I could uh, I could show you what's up online. Uh, for sure. I'm uh, my ass. I'm terrible <laughs> at that game. <laughs> I put in many hours. That's what I like to hear. I love I'm you, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm about ready to go pro in Fortnite here just sometime during this lockdown. It's not happening. <laughs> I've been putting in six hours. Um. Did you guys hear that uh, that Dana said Khabib and Tony, like, they're still going to do it? Yeah, I heard that. I, I don't know how he's going to pull that off. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I think, I think they said that they're not going to do it in the U.S. Um, man, if they went to, like, Russia or something, they'd let them do whatever they wanted. Um, Russia's in quarantine now, too. Really? Yeah. Uh, they're not quite on martial law lockdown as you guys are. So in California, you can't leave your house. I heard that if you want, like if you say you have anxiety or some shit, you could go to the well, beach or something. It's no, 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 you're weird. Like, uh, I'll let Nick explain too, but like for my thing, uh, like they're saying we're on lockdown, but like there's still people on the freeway driving. Uh, yeah. I'm still seeing people out in public, but they're saying essential stuff like groceries, gas stations, uh, like if you're going to get medicine, that kind of stuff. But uh, it's like a lockdown, but it doesn't seem like a legit lockdown. But I feel like uh, I think it's going to get worse because people just seem not to listen. And I think that's that, that's that's going to be their excuse to, like, I don't know, enforce it more. So I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's going to get worse. I, I, yesterday I went to I went to a doctor's appointment, um, and my doctor's is all the way. It's like an hour because usually uh, the doctor I go to is up, you know, where we train, and I live down in Carlsbad. Mm-hmm. So okay. I, I was on the freeway. I drove up all the way up there. When when all of this stuff happened, like when all the social distancing stuff started happening, you know, the, like, the traffic definitely died down. But when yeah, they did locked down in, like, it seems about the same as it did a week ago. It, like, it seems like there's still a ton of people out there. And I, and I passed cops, too. Like, nobody – I mean, I had a good reason to go. But, like, nobody – people were saying, like, oh, the cops are going to pull you over and ask you where you're going. Um, like, they always lie, though, right? Yeah, how are they going to – I'm going to the doctors. Like, <laughs> prove me wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, I, I, it doesn't seem like it's forceful. It, do, it doesn't seem like, honestly, people are listening too much. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I'm I'm doing it for the most part. You know, and I live right by the beach. So, and so we're allowed to go outside. They said you're allowed to go hiking. You're allowed to go on walks. You can walk your dog. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the most important part. I think people start losing their mind, like cabin fever, when they're stuck in the house and can't, like, go outside. I think as long yeah, as you yeah. go outside for, like, a little walk or something, you'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I, I'm but thinking about camping, man. Just living this yeah, thing man. out in the woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, man, that would be bad. Well, so tempting, too. Like, uh, I don't know the restrictions on, like, flights and all that but there's so many flights so cheap right now like it's like it's so tempting man just to take off and quarantine somewhere else yeah i had i have a few i had a few friends like right when this started picking up they they just immediately took off to bali and they're they're out there um the flip side of that though is that like if shit like really hit the fan you'd be stuck with bali healthcare like (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's but but, there's no there's no uh, coronavirus in Bali. There's a little, yeah. It's um, but you know what's weird? So my buddy lives in Okinawa, in Japan, in Okinawa. He said there's there's no cases in in Okinawa. He said there what? was like a hundred in Japan, or like you know. So this is just my buddy telling me this. So so nobody uh, fact check me. Um, <laughs> but uh, he said like there was you know there's some cases and it's basically on the way down now. And he like people just went about their lives like they didn't do anything. So oh, yeah. I don't know, um, but yeah. Anyway, so they said that Khabib and Tony are supposed to keep going. And they said they're going to do it with like potentially ten, like just the cameraman, and that's it. Um, so we'll see, see what happens. So I don't want to see it like that. I I think let's wait this out. Let there be a fucking crowd, and let's watch it. Like, if, did you watch the fights where it was just like in the Brazil? Yeah, it was, that was like, weird. It was like watching sparring. Like I don't want that. That's a great fight. How are you going to do that fight without the roar of the crowd? I, the crowd is an essential piece. You can't do these big fights without it. I heard that um, that like there was a lot of decisions and that people were yeah. fighting, kind of yeah. like they were sparring, like because it just wasn't. They weren't nobody was yeah. up. So. Yeah, 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 exactly. It takes away like there's a certain energy you get from the crowd, uh, as you guys can attest. It's just that extra butterflies, the extra fire, the extra little juice you get, and uh, yeah, for sure. Spectacular things happen when you're fighting in front of the crowd. Or if you don't know how to deal with it, bad things happen. Bad things happen, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but right. either way, it adds that anxious energy that is needed to make it, to make you feel what a fight's supposed to be. You know, like, it's sparring, it's, yeah, it was, a lot of the fights were like sparring. The last two finishes were, the last two fights were finishes, but most of the fights were like sparring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so um, I wanted to talk about a couple things uh, with you, Johnny, and then also with the root because I kind of saw this as like a an interesting opportunity to get some kind of opposing perspectives because um, um, in the way that actually both of you guys kind of like approach to training is is kind of opposites uh, in, in a lot of ways. So yeah, I thought it would be cool to kind of like bounce ideas off each other, give people some different perspectives and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so first, let me, uh, so, you know, everyone, most people that's listening know Arut and I, um, 
Arud is the LXF uh, super lightweight champ. Um, Johnny is the king of the cage, um, uh, one thirty five pound champ, and then you're a you're a black bubble champ too, right? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. You have, uh, a world champ. you have a uh worlds like a, a world gold at every, every belt level, pretty much, I think, right? Yeah, at every belt level. The uh, from blue, purple and brown, that was uh the IBGF Federation and then uh when I got my black belt, uh I switched over to start doing the other federation, but there's a lot of politics at the IBGF Federation. Right, right. Uh, but then yeah, yeah then, then I won that other world's black belt. Okay. As much shit as I talk about jiu-jitsu, that is impressive. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. So, if you look at our, our people don't uh, some people don't realize this, um, but like if you look at our logo, it's it's a root getting getting choked. It's me choking a root, and then he's saying ground karate don't work. So, uh, oh, okay. root, yeah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so root has has like that. a. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've only but, lost twice, both of you choked. <laughs> yeah, right. right. He, he's actually and like one DQ. Player. And one DQ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You won that fight, yeah. but <laughs> thank, uh, thank you, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so Arut actually is uh, as much as he talks, he is a really good grappler. Um, and Johnny, you're obviously a, a really good grappler, but uh, Arut. Avoids the gi like the plague, and then and Johnny, you do probably the most gi? of your training. With <laughs> uh, so so like let's start with Johnny and kind of see like what your opinion is like about training the gi. I mean I know what your opinion is, but kind of like why you feel that way, and and yeah, and we can go from there. Yeah, so I mean, like I'll train with the gi. I mean it's cool and all that stuff, but actually like. Uh, I'll just break it down. So, like, in the beginning, with starting off jiu-jitsu, I always liked the gi. I feel it's just uh, there's more tools you could use. Uh, mm-hmm. And I feel you just really get to learn the art of jiu-jitsu more. And, then it's, you know, at the time, it's, like, it's more fun. You're learning all these moves. There's, like, uh, there's like a saying, like, in gi, there's probably, like, for example, like, I don't know, 10,000 moves. Uh, no gi, maybe there's, like, half that or something or, or even less than that. Uh, but as I started fighting and all that stuff, I started obviously doing more nogi, uh, training with the MMA gloves and all that stuff. Uh, now, like if I had to pick between actually the train gi and nogi, though, uh, I'd prefer training nogi. I feel like my as far as jujitsu and nogi is better than the gi. Uh, like because like I'm more your particular skill set, you're better than nogi. Yeah, let's say if I were to go compete in a jujitsu tournament against like a, a top level grappler. Uh, yeah. I feel more confident going nogi with them than I would gi. Uh, because oh, okay. you put in so much time in the nogi by now, right? Yeah, by now, training yeah. Fight. Yeah. yeah, if if I was still tra- like training gi regularly during the competition, then I, my opinion would be different about it. But uh, I feel like uh, like when I'm doing nogi I'm, or just MMA grappling, I'm always trying to improve my game. What could I do? How could I hold the position differently? But with the gi, I, when I'm training, it's just more like fun. Uh, so I'm not okay. really thinking as far as like grip holes because there's always uh, new ho- new holes, you know, the lapel guard, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now, like when people try to do it to me, it's like frustrating, and they're like, "Man, I just want to punch them in the face." Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's my feeling. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but uh, 
I, I, I train with both of them. I think it's good to do both. Like, I don't want to forget where I came from. Uh, and I don't yeah, know a lot of people, how does that apply to the MMA? But I right. feel like with MMA fighters, at the problem I see with a lot of MMA fighters is they don't really come from a, a background. They just get in the gym. They just start training MMA. So I feel like they don't have, like, a solid background to fall on. I think you just mm-hmm. hit the nail on the head right now. Yeah. So like, like say like guys that come in. I don't know if they're. Uh, well, I don't know. Most guys I've trained with, I feel like they never. Like they're, I've cross trained with. They never. They, they're MMA fighters. They never had like a base. Significant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, but they're obviously they're, they're they do like a strike and all that stuff, and they they just try to sprawl and avoid the grappling on the floor by telling them, like, you want to get your jiu-jitsu better since you're losing all your fights by jiu-jitsu. You need to come to the jiu-jitsu gi class, actually learn jiu-jitsu so you can get comfortable, and, and it just opens your mind. So I feel like if somebody trying to learn jiu-jitsu, that's what they should do. They need to learn it the same way as a, a professor. Learn the whole thing. Did it, yeah. So you started with that your first uh, martial sport was jiu-jitsu. Yeah, Johnny? It, well, actually, a lot of people don't know my I mean, it's similar, but my first uh, combat sport was judo. Judo, okay. And yeah. then you transitioned to jiu-jitsu. Yeah, so I did judo for about like a year. Because uh, at the time back then, I, I started jiu-jitsu at five. There was, wow. there was kids training jiu-jitsu was very rare, like in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was like 98 when I started. Uh, oh, okay. So you have an yeah. like extensive background since you were like a fucking baby pretty much five years old yeah basically i mean i didn't like it at first but i mean i I had to do it so uh (laughs) yeah i started i started with judo and then uh there was more kids in judo so but then after a year like uh it was just far from our house so then i just started uh just training jiu-jitsu with my dad in, in uh in our garage and at the time he was teaching as well uh like adults would always come in so i was basically in the adults class as a little kid was your dad always already? Uh, was your dad already a black belt when you were that age? He was, right? Uh, he was a brown belt, I believe. So you come from a family of jujitsu, like that's a so it's already been an established tradition in your family, almost like you're like second generation of jujitsu. So it means jujitsu meant something else for you. Yeah, I it, I think it kind of shaped me as a person I kind of am today because uh, I feel like if I didn't have it. Uh, I never had issues getting bullied or none of that stuff. I don't know. I yeah. feel like I was just a very to myself mm-hmm. and uh, not very sociable. Like, I was kind of a shy kid in the beginning, and I feel it opened me up. And um, it's like now I'm not a shy person. I'm, some people say I'm quiet, which I am. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more like a reserved person. But, right. uh, but, like, to the people I know, like, you know, I could talk or talk shit and all that stuff, so. It takes a while. Yeah. yeah. There's a difference oh. between like being shy and being quiet though. Like I'm not I'm not a talker really, but not necessarily because I'm shy. I just Yeah. You know, like they, I, like that's a You don't have like the need a, to be heard. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's kinda how I am too. Like uh I don't wanna sound like a douchebag, but like uh, like when I'm around people, like say I don't know people, or I'm just, like, or they're more like acquaintance. Like for example, like when I go to like a, like a, so I'm in college too. Like, but like when I was an undergrad, like going to classes, 
uh, every class is every quarter is different people. But you obviously you meet people, you talk to them. But a lot of times people are talking. It's like in my head, I don't, I don't really give care. Yeah. Shit yeah, about yeah, the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I don't want I don't want to sound like a douchebag, but it's just, it doesn't intrigue me. A lot of times I'm just thinking about uh, how can I get out of here so I can go train or you know better myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel you on that. When I was in college, it was the same exact thing. Too. I, was yeah. like, ah. I, I think it's like it's important. I think like it's good to build relationships and stuff. Like you know, you yeah. need that to like you know, you need that to be to do anything really. But um, for me, like I, I can only have so many relationships. I have to like pick and choose where I like direct my my energy too. Energy. You know, I, like I barely have enough yeah. time to sustain like my closest friends and and my wife. You know what I mean? I can't. I don't have. Time. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Every every uh, uh, relationship, every connection needs to be fed. You know, so like by feeding you, like even having a conversation, that's feeding a connection. There's so only so much time in the day. How can you? Like you have to pick and choose. And, like at this point, where uh, I try to make a list of people that are important in my life and. Jesus Christ, like that that list is ever growing and I'm like, okay, now I have to prioritize. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, um, there's what you got to do too. I mean, because there, there's some people like, uh, I mean, the people closest to you or if they're on the same level, you know, they want to get ahead or, you know, they're trying, they're driven, they're going to understand, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Another thing, like I, um, I, I made a post about this a while ago, and it was actually a, it was a picture of me and you, Johnny, and uh, I put this on there because it was like, um, uh, and I think you commented like, you know, you're like, this is, you know, it's true because people always say like, oh, uh, you know, like find other people, like surround yourself by people who have like that same drive as you, or whatever, and yeah. I, I've never done that. I just. I just find myself surrounded by those people because, like, if that's really the life that you live, the people who aren't like that, they're going to naturally fall away. Yeah. And the only people yeah, are yeah, left are... Right. Yeah. 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 You know? I believe that, too. Like, uh, like, like attracts like, you know? Yeah. 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 So, sometimes there's, like, exceptions. You know, like, sometimes you see somebody and you're like, okay, I want to be where they're at. So you kind of... No. Like you don't put yourself, and but you're just yeah, like a check that like I guess it's not. Yeah. You just want to yeah. be around people that are winners. Yeah, and that's why I think that's what intrigues me too about people. Like uh, when I know they're driven, when the way they're talking, not just the way they're talking too, but if I actually see them putting in the work, regardless of what it is, if it's not even fighting, like exactly, career, uh, naturally I just seem to click with those people more for some reason. I love. I love overachievers, even if it's not related to anything fighting. Like people yeah. that are just a little, little obsessed and driven with whatever it is that they're doing. It could be, I, I don't, it could be golf, whatever. I don't, something I don't, zero. <laughs> uh, not, not golf. Let's not get too crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> you, know, you know, yeah, I got a little carried away. You know what I'm saying, though. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. somebody has a purpose and they have a sustained obsession, then like you could kind of relate to that drive. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. Hey, so I, I want to go, I want to like go jump back one. And then, so you brought up two things that I kind of like want to kind of dig in deeper on. So you were talking about people with competition backgrounds, um, you know, doing better than people that don't. And 
uh, let's kind of go into that because you know it's one thing I've been thinking about lately is you hear like Joe Rogan and you hear a lot of like uh, I don't know I guess you'd say analysts saying you know like the, the next generation they've been saying this for for like 15 years right like oh the next generation of like MMA fighters are gonna be the people who who come up just doing all around MMA and I'm like you know, all right, it's been 10 years and we're still just seeing people coming out of competition backgrounds, like, of, like, specific yeah. sports because it seems to me like, like, you you have to be, there's some exceptions, but, like, when you, if you practice everything, like, from the beginning, you suck at everything from the beginning. <laughs> and, like, you're going to go through your amateur career, like, not really being good at anything. Like, it seems like jack it's way better. Yeah, not even, like, yeah. a jack-of-all-trades, just, like, shitty at all trades. You know, like, you know, when you're, <laughs> when you're amateur in the beginning, you know, and then you're going to, it seems like it's way better to go through, especially your beginning fights with like, all right, I'm great at this one thing and I'm just going to get the fight there. And then I can branch off, you know what I mean? Yeah. I uh, think, and develop other things. I think the way that Johnny did it is actually a really good way. Uh, while you're developing, while your brain's developing, uh, do something with like, where you're not taking big amount of damage like grappling, wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. and then, you know, be introduced to, like, some striking stuff, but uh, let your brain develop a little bit before you put all that time into it. And, you know, there's there's always a price we pay, right, for yeah. how to strike. So I think that was actually does a pretty good um, prototype. Like, Johnny's a pretty good prototype how to, uh, how to start off a kid, the new generation. Get him yeah. started on the grappling. You get, yeah. get that. That's a great base. Are you kind of on the same page, John? Yeah. yeah, I kind of – I feel like you should train – like, start him, Like I think jiu-jitsu should be the number one thing. And I'm not just saying it because I came from it. Uh, but not uh, – I'm going to go off fighting because I feel like it's the most realistic form of fighting that you can learn as a kid that you're actually going to be able to use – when you're in school, if you get bullied, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like, you know, you can learn boxing, but I mean, I mean, if you, if you punch someone, you're probably going to the consequences are going to be worse. So with jujitsu, you could actually mobilize someone, neutralize them without really getting in trouble. And that's what I always tell my students. Like I tell them like, Hey, like you guys shouldn't be fighting at school. But if, you know, if a bully comes then you got to deal with the situation, you know, I advise you guys, you know, take them down, what you guys could do, you guys are learning this stuff. You know, if you get on top of them, choke them out. You don't need to break their arm or just hold their hands until the teacher comes. Uh, just do that stuff. But I feel with jiu-jitsu, you could do that. And at the same time, like, you're not taking head trauma. Uh, you mentioned uh, taking head trauma at a young age. and if you're going to go and do it as an adult, you might be right. dumped by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, so that's my perspective on it. Yeah, uh, I for think, sure. And, and I know Joe Rogan saying, "Oh, these guys are gonna learn MMA." But as you mentioned, it's kind of hard to get good at one thing to find that balance. And uh, I'm a nerd out a little bit, but like I was like a pre-nursing student, and like the prereqs we had to take for like biology, anatomy, microbiome, and chemistry. Yeah, I took all that shit. Yeah, but you can't take all those at the same time. There's like there's a building block to it, like. The first class you, that you're open to take is uh, like the chemistry and the bio, uh, but they recommend not to take them all together because it's just too much information. Overwhelming. It, yeah, it's overwhelming. I did it with uh, like the, when I was taking the first anatomy course, 
with microbiology, and that was hell, man. Like, I hated crazy. microbiology. Yeah. I can relate 100%. Yeah. yeah, that was hell. I don't know why I did that to myself, but I was like, I didn't want to wait. I wanted to knock them out, but that was the worst thing. I I would never recommend anyone to do it. Like, it was super stressful. Uh, I even I wasn't training as much, so I was getting real moody. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but to me, I, I look at, like, fighting. It's a, it's a science. It's very complex. People don't realize it, but it's, like, it's the hardest sport in the world, so you need to break it down in blocks. If you're trying to do it, rush everything at once, I feel it's just too much info. Yeah. Hey, that makes so, a lot of sense. Yeah. The, so kind of on that note, and something we, we brought up before is just, um, you know, you said, you know, you started when you're young and you, you kind of didn't like it. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you, because uh, there's, as someone that's taught a lot of kids, um, I've seen and I know that like martial arts in general and then especially with kids, it's a, a revolving door of like starters and quitters, you know, and like very oh, yeah. few people, um, like, you know, hang in there like for the lifetime. So how do you kind of like as someone that, you know, so you're 25, so right, you're 25 or 26? No, I should, I should just turned 27. Oh, really? Okay. The last um, month, yeah. Getting older, so yeah. <laughs> so you're 22 years into into training. Like, how do you kind of keep the um, the drive going or or the hunger going? Or has it changed? I'm guessing it's probably changed over time, right? Like, what motivates you? I mean, the goal has always been the same. Like, so when I started at five, I didn't like doing it. And then at six years old, it was just whatever. But I knew I had to do it because my dad didn't play around. Like. It wasn't because he, he didn't force me. Like, I want you to be this fighter. I want you to be this shit to world champion. It was just more to, to better myself, to develop confidence and so I don't get bullied and all that stuff. He didn't want to have a, a a wimp of a kid, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, uh, it was so, not a choice. Yeah, a so, yeah. Yeah. So he said, you're going to do it all the way to your 18th. And then after that, you can quit if you want. So, like, I already knew. Like, you know, most kids know when they could test their parents. But, like, I already knew, like, my dad – uh, whatever my dad said, like I knew I had to do, so I, I, there was no fighting about it. Hey, like I, respect I caught, for your pops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so but I knew at an early age, okay, I got to do it. So whatever it is. So you know, as I started doing it, like there was rarely any kids at the time, uh, but then kids started coming in. Like and there were older kids, like bigger kids too, like two, three years older than me. And then uh, <laughs> so I was always having to fight bigger kids. So I think that's why my guard game developed so well and uh, my mm-hmm. flexibility, but, but, uh, you know, I was just tapping those kids out and I was like, Hey, you know, this, this feels good. Like, uh, maybe I'm not, maybe I like this and I'm not too bad, but I still didn't have that passion for it. Um, but then I just started doing it. And then I think like around nine, like about eight or nine, I think is when I really started liking it. Cause I've seen, uh, pride fighting and then pride I wanted fighting? to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Pride fighting back oh, in the day. Okay. I used to watch all that. And then, that's what I, that's what I wanted to do. That's when my passion came. Really watching MMA. It wasn't because like I saw like a jiu-jitsu match uh, mm. that drove me. Like I saw that and I was like, I want to do that. And then so and I told my dad, he said, "Well, there's no fighting for kids." And then uh, which there I like pancreased, but he didn't. He thought that was a bad idea because uh, most most of those kids I remember back in the day they were doing pancreased. They don't even train anything at all. They just completely burned out. So he thought it would be best if I just keep doing jiu-jitsu, get my jiu-jitsu better. And uh, he'd hold mitts for me there and there. Uh, but I wasn't like I wasn't on the striking part of it as I was on jiu-jitsu. I didn't get into the striking heavily 
until like later on, like my later teens. And then, uh, yeah, but then, yeah. So I just did that. And then obviously throughout the road, as I grew up, you know, teenager, like, uh, you know, 20 years old, like I was always driven, but there's, there's those moments where like, fuck man, like you gotta uh, have battles with yourself that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you gotta get up in the morning, you gotta go run, you gotta watch who you eat, all that stuff. Uh, but for me, the, the it's still there, and I feel like now I'm more motivated than ever. And I think a lot of it has to do just you know, uh, just staying consistent with it. And I I think I got a lot of good people around me, coaches, teammates, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Greatness requires sustained obsession. Yeah, so I'm I'm obsessed, bro. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be. Um, it's, it's crazy. Kind of, go yeah. ahead. No, you go. I was saying it's crazy how. Like all the the things you said about you know not liking it at first and then slowly developing a passion for it and like over time, it, I, I find like so much overlap in how like training in general happened for me. I remember being as a kid doing boxing, uh, like when the coach wasn't looking, I wasn't doing the push-ups, you know. <laughs> I know those later, kids. I know those kids. <laughs> but later, as I, I became a teenager, I wanted to do it. Like even when there was no coach, I like it was a, a drive that came from within. That, that drive kind of developed. And yeah, it's character that develops through years of repetition, right? Like at first you're going through the motions, then then you kind of okay, I'm not bad at this. I kind of like this. It's not bad. And then you develop a passion for it if you stick with it. I think a lot of these things. Some things, if it's not you, if it's not, yeah, of it's, it, like you could never get me to develop a passion for dance, <laughs> even <laughs> if I started as a kid, you know. But but if something, if it's something that's within you and you stick with it long enough, the passion develops, and then the character develops, and then if if you're the if it's if it's meant to be. Then the that obsession, the sustained obsession, yeah, keeps yeah, going. So, um, yeah, um, I I definitely agree, and I I would I would have more to like kind of chime in on that. But we're we're actually we're about like ninety seconds out from hitting our time cap. So, um, let's just yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. So, uh, Johnny, like, tell people give give everybody your social media, your information, and all that stuff. Yeah, so you guys can follow me on uh, Twitter, Instagram. I use those the most, uh, at Kid Kavimbo, K-I-D-K-V-E-M-B-O. You guys can find me on there. Uh, yeah, give me a follow. I appreciate it. And then um, you, know, you can subscribe to this podcast pretty much anywhere that you can get podcasts now. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker. Um, uh, I can't think of any other, but we're pretty much on all of them. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Angeloni one five five, and then a root. Uh, you can follow me at Prime underscore Time nine 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 nine. Nice. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be trying to make this regular, especially while everyone's on lockdown, to give you guys something uh, to keep from going crazy. All right. Thanks, guys. Great talk. Great talk. Great talk. <laughs> <Good talking. laughs> All right. Later, guys. Uh, later.